It's time for the Nick B podcast. No co-hosts, no filters, and no telling what the hell will come out of his mouth. What I love about this guy, Nick. Now, here's your host, Nick B. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. What is going on, everybody? It is time for another edition of what I like to call Blah, Blah, Blah with Nick B. This is season three for those of you keeping count. For those of you that aren't keeping count, welcome to the shit-tastic show, the shit-tastic podcast that is known as Blah, Blah, Blah with Nick B. I think I've said that a million times now. We can just jump into it. If you have no idea who I am, I'm a nationally syndicated radio host. I host the Nick B show for about two years before we were taken off the air, but I have been broadcasting as Nick B for the past three years ever since all across the country at various radio stations. I own a few radio stations, so hopefully we will be able to bring the Nick B show back on the air before too long, but that's not why I'm here. This podcast is pretty much a podcast of whatever I feel like talking about. Whatever is on my mind, whatever is, you know, brought forth, whatever the case may be, that's why it's called blah, blah, blah. They tend to be lengthy. They are pretty much until I get tired of talking and shut up. So just need to to give this little disclaimer. It is not an edited podcast. There is going to be profanity. There will be some choice words for some people in this particular one. And it is me telling my side of the story. That is all this is. People are, you know, bad-mouthing me and they need to put some respect on my name. So I'm coming to give my side. And then I hope to continue to do these podcasts as soon as I'm available. But I need to say also that I travel with a blue Yeti everywhere I go. So sometimes the podcast may sound a little bit better. Sometimes they won't. You're just going to have to bear with me until we get the studio finished and everything is upgraded and done and beautiful. In case you haven't noticed in the last couple of years, things have kind of gone crazy. Prices of wood have gone insane. And that has delayed a lot of the builds that have been going on for studios. So... Sometimes, like I said, sometimes it's going to sound good, sometimes it's not. Don't hold that against me. I am still trying to keep my name out there and and do what I got to do. And the fact that I talk a lot, I figured, yeah, I might as well jump back in to do podcasts. And again, this is season three. Seasons one and two will probably be available for you before too long on all kinds of podcasting platforms. We are still working on a lot of that stuff as we speak. Don't think anything is done just because we're not broadcasting daily. Everybody is doing their own thing. You know, I talk to everybody from the show pretty regularly. James is kicking ass. He is program director down in Auburn at Tiger FM. He's got his own show in the morning. Y'all need to check him out. There'll be a link to that on the website and on our Facebook page, I believe. So James is doing his thing. Keep in touch with him. I keep in touch with Courtney G as much as I can and LB as much as I can. And hopefully we'll, like I said, we'll have the Nick B show up and running again before too long when we get this, this new studio finished. It has taken us way too long and it has cost me way too much money. So hopefully we will get it done before too long. Now, this particular episode is just like another episode that I did, and it's like people keep saying, you know, what the hell is wrong with you? And look, I'll be the first to say there might be a lot of shit wrong with me, but in the last two instances that I've had, I don't think I did anything wrong, especially in this last one. Now, I'll admit, when I parted ways with APH Radio, there were a lot of things that were going on that, again, hindsight being 2020, now I realize there were some signs that I should have been looking for, and I think that I was kind of set up there. But that's for another day, another time. I might blog about that up on nickbtalks.com or or something. You know, I'll do something about it at some point. And I'll admit, I am not somebody that apologizes for anything that I do because if I offend you, 
if I hurt your feelings, if I do any of that, that's on you. That's not me. I can't, I'm not in charge of your feelings. I can't control your feelings. And I'm from the generation that was, fuck your feelings. That's how we grew up. So I'm sorry, but there's no apologies that are going to come from anything that is said. However, I will state when I think I'm in the wrong and I, there were some things that I did about my former GM that I just shouldn't have done. It's not an apology. It's just me being a man saying, yeah, I fucked up. So to that end, it's like, yeah, I fucked up. Now, this new story that I've got for you guys, which again, sounds like I'm always in some drama, right? But the drama was happening as I got involved in this new story that I'm going to tell you about. And it it, it involves a handful of people that came to my show. And they came to my show because, let's face it, it was my show and it was going to get them exposure and it was going to get people to know who they were and and all of that. Anyway, so the first person on the list is a guy by the name of Kevin Wayne. Kevin Wayne is an actor, and I use air quotes because Kevin, and I'm not taking away from what he does. He actually is an actor, but you're not going to know him from anything. (laughs) And I'm not saying that to be mean. It's the God's honest truth. The man has been in a lot of shit, but he's usually big bad guy or he gets one name like Chase (laughs) or Evil Guy or Big Eye in Jail or something to that effect, right? And again, this is not me trying to bash him. I'm simply stating a fact that throughout his career, that's pretty much the roles that he's had. And I'm not necessarily going to blame Kevin for that. Most of that is probably his agent. Kevin has been in a lot of things. And a lot of the stuff that he's in, he gets cut. His scenes get cut sometimes too, which is another thing that kind of sucks for actors. But he's been in it for over 20 years and he's never starred in anything. And again, I'm not bashing. I'm I'm saying it as somebody that is a viewer that knows a little bit about him now. It's like, why haven't you starred in anything? The things that he's starred in, he either produced and directed or his friends did. So it's like, eh. However, he did have a big role in a movie called Castle Falls. He had a lot more screen time than I think I've ever seen him have because I've watched just about everything he's been in. And, you know, it's one of those things where you got to pause it real quick so you can say, look, there's Kevin Wayne. (laughs) Unless you watched, what was the name of that? It was a, I think it was a TNT show, TBS show with Daniel Radcliffe. He was in that quite a bit. He played like the Punisher or something of hell. Again, bad guy in closet. (laughs) So, but yeah, he was in Castle Falls, which turned out to be kind of a shit-tastic movie, if you ask me. Great directing. It's just some of the casting was shitty, and I'm not saying that because Kevin Wayne was in it. There were some people in there that I just, I don't think were good enough to be in that movie. They should have picked somebody else for that particular role, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. So, Kevin Wayne is person number one. A guy by the name of Kurt Dimer, person number two. A guy by the name of Mike Denard, person number three. Those are really the key components to this entire story. So, I was introduced to Kevin Wayne, again, through my show. He wanted to come on and promote his music artist at the time because he was trying to start a music company. Or Mike Denard had started the company. I don't know. Things on that are kind of hazy and kind of confusing. But when he showed up, he was promoting a guy by the name of Willie Trawick. Willie Trawick, y'all know, was on the Nick B Show. If you don't know, there's a podcast and, and stuff about that up on the internet. Just look for it. So Willie came in and debuted one of his singles, which I think was Southern Sky. He sang it live for us, and he had been out the night before. He fucking killed it. And, you know, rock stars, rock guys, they're, they're out pretty late because they... They perform and they stick around and they do stuff like that. So for him to come in and kill it, that showed his talent. So big shout out to Willie Trawick. He's got not really anything big to do with this story, but he is part of the story. So Willie came in 
in with Kevin. And then they told me about how his, his album was coming, his domain was coming, all of this stuff. And then nothing really materialized from it. And then Kevin reached back out to me again because he wanted to come on and promote a movie. And I was like, sure, what's going on with Willie? And he was like, we'll talk about that when we get there. And then I reached out to Willie and I was like, hey man, is everything okay? And he was like, no, some things have changed. I need to tell you about it next time I see you. So we scheduled a time for both Willie Treywick to come on and Kevin Wayne to come on at separate times, right? So Kevin comes back to promote a movie that he's doing called Hellbilly Hollow and he introduces me to somebody by the name of Kurt Dimer. Now, Kurt Dimer, I found out after talking, is a hugely successful businessman and he was basically funding the entire project and I found out later that he pretty much funded the entire thing. The budget, I think, if if what they told me was correct, was somewhere between two and three million dollars for a movie. Not shabby at all. Uh, it's a big budget and of course, Kevin Wayne, being the egomaniac he is, has got to have his name all over it. But that's, again, that's for later. I'm getting ahead of myself. So, I meet Kurt. Kurt tells me that he is thinking about getting into music and that he's trying to do his music thing because it is something that Kurt had always wanted to do, but he had a family. He started his own company. He started making money doing that, taking care of his family. So he put his music thing on hold as adults do, right? Because he started a family. It was like, no, I don't need to be touring. I don't need to be doing this. I got to raise the family. I got to help raise the family. I got to go make the money for the family. Whatever, whatever you want to say, that's what he did. He put his music dreams on hold. And I, for one, am one that will tell you, and I've been consistent with this, if you're not doing what God put you on this earth to do, you are going to be fucking miserable. Trust me. So, and I think Kurt kind of got to that point in his life where he was like, you know what? It's basically now or never. So Kurt started looking at getting his music started. And unfortunately, Kevin was there to tell him, you know, hey, I know this guy, I know this guy. Because again, I don't care what Kevin says. Kevin was just using Kurt to try and get to the point where Kevin wants to be. And Kevin is the guy that sits there and says, no, I wasn't using him for nothing. I didn't need him. Yeah, you did. You needed him to make the $3 million movie. You needed him to, to co-star in it with you. You needed him to help you bring this to life. You were using him to try and start your own studio. And I say using in terms of like, not like trying to take advantage of him, but he was taking advantage of him, if that makes sense. So, because let's be honest, anybody that is looking to get to the next part in their career, they're going to use somebody to a degree, right? That's just, that's human nature, unfortunately. You don't mean to do any ill will or anything like that. That's not the point. And Kevin was not doing that by any means. But he was going to ride the coattails, as they say, as long as he could to get where he wanted to go. And everybody that knows Kevin says the same thing about him. Kevin's always going to take care of Kevin. That's all you need to know about Kevin. So something happened, you know, between Kevin and Kurt. And to hear Kurt say it, tell it and to hear Kevin and them tell it, it's two different sides to the story. And it's like, it doesn't matter who's saying it. It's like, which side do you want to believe? Kurt comes back. Uh, after they go off to shoot the movie. I think they shot the movie for like two or three months. They come back to talk about the movie again. Kevin's not able to be there because Kevin was off shooting something. Miracle Workers, I think, was the name of the show on TBS or TNT. Kevin's in there. And if you see the Punisher dude that comes out of the closet, you'll see what I'm talking about. Big dude, scary guy in closet. Because <laughs> that's Kevin's roles. And I, I haven't been in any roles, so, you know, there's that. And it's not me hating on him. I'm just giving you, painting the picture for you, if you will. So when Kurt comes back, he tells me, hey, man, uh, I'm starting a band. I told you I wanted to do my music last time I was here, and we've got some things that we're working on and that we're recording, and he introduces me to a guy by the name of Ben Trexel. Ben was the guy that was helping him write a lot of things, and then he introduced me to another guy by the name of Mike Denard. Mike Denard, at that time, I didn't know what his role was. I thought he was a roadie. I thought he was somebody that just went with them and helped them as they toured and stuff like that. Come to find out, Mike had actually written some of the songs or co-written some of the songs, either with Ben or with Kurt. Not sure on that, but that's the arrangement. 
he was a writer and I thought he was a roadie. So, which he may have been both. But something happened and Bald Man Band, which is what Kurt was calling it at the time, broke up. And Kevin had shot a music video for Kurt and Bald Man Band, which was an epic music video, by the way. Kurt told him that day that he was firing everybody in the band. And again, Kurt put up his own money. It was like a $300,000 music video, from what I was told. Again, this is just me being told things. So he put up like two, 200000 300000 can't remember the exact number of his own music video, and he wasn't going to keep anybody from the band. From their own is where shit kind of got crazy. When Kevin told me that he was an actor, director, I was like, huh. I had the experience in Hollywood to do movies and screenwriting and script writing and stuff when I was younger. And it was, it's always something that I've wanted to get back in. And I have gotten back into it. And we'll talk about that more in another date when I can talk about it. But I didn't want to be one of these quote unquote Hollywood whores either. And if you don't know what that is, that's basically somebody that you meet at a, a diner that's like, hey, I got a script. I didn't want to be that guy. I know it's very hard to get into Hollywood, keep your connections close. It's much like the radio business in terms of like musicians phone numbers that I have you you keep that close that's not just something that you go and you give away and I get that I understand how the business works trust me I get it I get it better than Kevin does. But anyway, so I didn't want to be that guy. But then the opportunity presented itself after we were kicked out of APH Radio and told to leave because of a whole other thing that we'll get into maybe at another date. If you haven't heard about it, it's up on the podcast somewhere. I'll find it in the archives and put it up at some point. But basically, they changed the locks on us. We didn't do anything directly. It was things that people were saying we were doing. And I think I got set up. But that's, again, for another story. So anyway, we left APH radio show went off the air and I was like well shit what do I do now radio for those of you that don't know radio can be a very intensive job like you're spending sometimes between 16 19 20 hours at the job depending on what your level is in the company and at APH radio I was pretty much spending damn near 20 hours a day working at that studio working or working at that station and fixing things with that station and being the program director because I was trying to buy that station we were in the process of buying that station and then they were like no we don't think you should buy it (laughs) whatever because I stood my ground again man of principle I stood my ground I stood up for what I believed in and they didn't like it kind of where we're at here so Kevin you know mentions to me that he's making his studio on his own that him and Kurt have kind of had a falling out and it's like oh man what happened because I considered both of these guys to be friends not that you know I knew them very well but I consider them both to be friends I still consider Kurt to be a friend because again Kurt didn't do anything to me and in my mind from what I've been told, there are some things that maybe should have been handled different on Kevin's end. But anyway, and Kevin, again, Kevin can do no wrong. So nothing is ever Kevin Wayne's fault. Again, keep that in mind. So I go and I meet Kevin at his studio and his studio is literally a warehouse and it's not even a big warehouse. It's not a tall warehouse. It's not the type of studio you think of when you think of a movie studio. It's more of a studio that you think of when you think of a television studio or a commercial studio that shoots nothing but commercials, which is pretty much what he does. So, again, I'm not bashing. I am stating facts. These are all facts. So, I tell him, you know, hey, I'm not doing radio right now. I'd really like to try my hand and get back into script writing. Come up with an idea for a script, and I write it, and Kevin shared it with everybody, which... 
kind of pissed me off. But he shared it with everybody. And he's like, look at this, look at this, look at this. And everybody loved it. Which, for me, being out of screenwriting for, you know, 20-some-odd years or something like that, it felt good. So I stayed. And he was like, we're going to make this movie. We're going to make this movie. And then he's, he tells me, we've got to build our studio. Our studio is going to be across the street from where we're at right now. And we just need $250,000 to get it built. Him and Mike are talking to me at this point. Because, again, Kevin and Mike had a falling out with Kurt, if you're paying attention. Kevin and Mike had a falling out with Kurt. I don't know exactly what happened. I know what Kevin and Mike have told me. And Kurt has been the guy that's been like, I just don't want to talk about it. Let's just move on forward. Kind of the adult thing to do. I wouldn't never do that because here we are and I'm talking about what's happened. But Kurt, again, this is what makes me believe Kurt had nothing bad to do about it because if he did, it would present itself more to me than it has. I've been in situations where things like this have happened before. Not identical, but things like this have happened. And you can kind of figure out who was the shitty person in it. And I don't see Kurt being the guy that's built his own business up from the ground up, made himself what he is doing what they claim he did. And if he did, then again, I still don't think it's 100% his fault because you kind of got to know what you're getting into before you jump into it wholeheartedly. And I say that as somebody that got screwed by not knowing what I was getting into. Keep that in mind. So, and that's between, you know, Kevin, Mike, and Kurt. I'm not here to tell that story. That's not my story to tell. That's between them. Whatever happened between them is between them and God. I don't give a shit about it. Kurt didn't hurt my feelings. Kurt didn't do anything wrong to me. Kevin and Mike didn't hurt my feelings. They didn't do anything wrong to me. I was literally the guy in the middle in this particular situation. And Kurt was cool with it. Kevin and Mike, not so much. But anyway, I wrote the script and we started scouting locations. We met with companies that were going to do, they were going to provide us with props and stuff like that. We met with a prop farm. Kevin was getting the numbers together. And then all of a sudden, like I said, they're talking to me about this studio that they want to build. And this is not a brag. This is just me being as open and honest as I can be. And again, telling my side of the story. I know a lot of people with a lot of money. They know that I know people with a lot of money. They were like, hey, do you know anybody that could help us with this. These were my exact words. I know a few people. I can reach out and see if they're interested. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, do that, do that, do that. And I did. I reached out to everybody that I thought would be interested in this project and help them build their studio. And most of them had, you know, caveats to it. Well, I'll do it for this or I'll do it for that. And I told them I had some people that might be interested in it. Never said yes. It was never a yes. And if they say otherwise, they're fucking lying. Not that I care. But anyway, it was never a yes. Then they're like, hey, can you just give us a promissory note? The promissory note doesn't mean anything. It just means for us to secure this land so that we can hold. A promissory note means just that. You promise to pay for it. That's exactly what it means. So that's when I was like, eh, pump your brakes. You know, I was younger than them, but I'm not stupid. I know what a promissory note is. I've signed promissory notes. I've given promissory notes. I know what they are. They are basically a statement that you are stating you are going to pay for this. When I brought that to the, the few people that were interested, that scared them. That spooked them. They didn't want anything to do with it. Kevin and Mike never really brought it up because we stayed busy with the project that we were working on. The project that we were working on, we worked on it for two, three, four months, can't remember, and then all of a sudden we stopped. <laughs> Because it's Kevin Wayne. So we stopped this project, and then we started working on another project. And while we started working on that project, again, Kevin and Mike are telling me all kinds of stuff about Kurt. And it was basically like, hey, man, pick a side type of thing. So I stayed with them because they are here in my home state, and Kurt wasn't. But I didn't have any bad blood or bad views towards Kurt. Because, again, I don't see Kurt doing the stuff that they say he did. And, again, hindsight is twenty twenty. And Kevin and Mike never do no wrong. So fast 
fast forward because this is already getting pretty lengthy. Fast forward that we didn't do that project. We started working on another project. It turns out Kurt had bought uh, the Hellbilly Hollow franchise. Because again, he paid for it. He gave the budget for this movie. I don't give a rat's ass whose idea it was. None of that. The guy paid for it by giving them the money to create it. It's his, but that's that's the way that it is. I'm sorry, but it's the way it is. So they had this big breakup, right? And Kevin's like, I don't want my name on it anywhere, which is bullshit. If Kevin thinks that this movie is going to make him anything, he wants his name all over it, and his name will be all over it, if you know what I'm saying. So they had this whole falling out with Hellbilly Hollow. Kurt comes back to the studio to promote his new CD called Bald Man, and it was a good CD. We played it, sent out some CDs to some fans that wanted them, and then that was before we were we left APH. I've kept in touch with Kurt through the entire time. I've followed him on Instagram. I follow him on Facebook. He's reached out to me on the phone every now and then to see how things are. I've reached out to him. It's been very cordial, and again, I got nothing against Kurt. I don't have anything against Kevin or Mike either, even though they did me wrong, and that's the point that I'm getting to. There was another project that came up, and this project that came up, they were asking me again if I knew people that would be willing to contribute to the movie. I said, I'll ask around. I'll see what I can get. No promises. I have always told people that ask me to do something, I can't promise you anything, but I will try, because that's my answer to everything. You ask me to do something, I can't promise you anything, but I will try. And try I did. I tried to get funding for this. First they wanted $250,000, which again sounded strange to me. They claimed that they had this writer attached to the project. That writer is an Academy Award winner, and they claimed the two hundred and fifty dollars was just to keep him attached. Kind of sounded funny to me. When I presented that to the people that I normally present stuff to, they started giving me their, their demands and the things that they were like, yeah, we'll give you the money, but we want this, 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 and this to happen, right? One of the demands was they didn't want Kevin or Mike to be involved in it. Not because they had anything against them, just because they didn't know who the hell they were and they weren't too sure about them. I told the guy that was in charge of trying to get this project done, a guy by the name of Jim Harper, I said, look man, I don't think the guy that wants to give money is really wanting to give the money if Kevin and Mike are involved in the project. That's exactly what I said. Oddly enough, this Jim guy didn't want to text. He wanted me to talk on the phone. And see, I like text because there's always a record of things that were said. That's the reason I like to text or email because I got a record of what I told you or what I said or what you said or what you told me. So Jim was like, oh, well, fuck them guys. We don't need them. His exact words. Those guys got nothing to do with us. Oh, fuck Mike. That little panty waist. Fuck him. Those were his words, not mine. I'm paraphrasing it to a degree, but he was like, fuck those guys. If we're going to get funding for this, we'll deal with that later. And I get that, you know, I get where he was saying and what he was saying with that. He didn't really mean that they could go to hell. He just meant if it meant funding this project that he is passionate about, he would do it. No harm in that, because that's between him, Kevin, and Mike at a later date. And he knows that because, again, he's a grown man. He understands how things work. So then I told him, you know, I think I've got a, a guy that'll do it for less. He might be willing to give 60, but if he gives 60, you know, this is what he wants. And he was like, cool, just, just, yeah, we'll take that. That'll work. And I'm like, wait a minute. You said 250 is what was needed. How the hell is 60 okay? And this is where things started falling apart, because I don't know for a fact if if, that, if I had given them that money, and I had the money, I took a screenshot of my bank statement and showed where I had the money. I had the $250,000, by the way. So it just all seemed very odd. It didn't feel right to me. And after that, they quit calling me. They quit calling me. They quit texting me. I don't know what the hell Jim told them, but he must have told them some kind of story. And this is the reason why I say they were screwing me. I copyrighted everything I wrote for them because I had been burned in the past. And every time I finished a script, I sent 
sent it off and got it copyrighted. Legit copyrighted from the federal government, not just a poor man's copyright. Because I just had a feeling that Kevin, it, again, people kept telling me, Kevin is all about Kevin. Well, if he's all about himself, sh yeah, he'll fuck me over if it's going to help him. And I'm not, I'm an idiot to believe otherwise. He's trying to build a studio. If he could steal one of my scripts, he would. And I still think he's going to. And that's going to be fun when he realizes the weight of the federal government and the copyright protection that I have on them. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. So, he had been telling me we were going to do this podcast. Savage Talks Podcast, right? This was before they screwed me over. I skipped around and I skipped this. The Savage Talks Podcast is something that Kevin created the logo for and not much else. <laughs> he didn't know what he wanted to do with it. I told him, I said, well, we need it to be like a man's man kind of podcast. And he agreed, sitting around smoking cigars, because I was a cigar smoker. I'm still a cigar smoker. Kevin was not a cigar smoker. Kevin wanted to bring the entertainment from like actors and stuff like that on the podcast, and I was going to bring the music, musicians and, and comedians and people like that from my connections in radio. And that's how we were going to build it. Mike was kind of going to be the guy in the background, the third chair, something like that. I asked my or Kevin on several occasions, is Mike going to be a co-host and he's like no it's just me and you well now all of a sudden after they screwed me and didn't want to talk to me now all of a sudden they've got like six people on the podcast they got some chick that claims to be a marketing person and I don't know this for a fact I know this from what people are telling me she claims to be an advertising specialist or something like that yet she only gets like one or two hits on everything she posts so if she is that she's pretty shitty at her job they've got another guy that's supposed to be like the engineer of it which means he's basically pushing buttons on the board the board that I told them to get by the way and they're going to use the equipment that I told them to get because, again, they had no fucking clue what they needed. I told them what they needed. I created the imaging. And no, Kevin, I'm not saying the logo. The imaging. And if you're in radio, you know what imaging means. I created the tagline. Real, raw, and always savage. That was my tagline. I created that tagline. They're using that tagline. Everything that I gave them, they took and twisted and turned into something that it's going to be a craptastic podcast. It really is compared to what it was going to be. And they keep saying, it's coming soon, it's coming soon, it's coming soon, and nothing's out yet. I digress. This is why I say they screwed me. I was building them a website. Every time they they had a project that they wanted to do, they were asking me to get the domain names. I was getting the domain names because I have a website company that does that. I can get website designs, domain names, stuff like that. So they were like, hey, can you do this? I'm like, yeah, domains are cheap. I can always get domains. It doesn't really cost me a whole lot of money to get domains, but it's going to cost me money to get it designed. If you guys can just pay me my cost, we're good. Yeah, man, we'll pay you. We'll pay you that. What? What is it? I told them what it was, and they're like, yeah, we can pay that. We can pay that. Then I find out that they have gone and registered domain name with somebody else, that this domain name was registered in the same time that they were telling me they were going to pay me for what I had been doing for them. That's where they fucked me. That's where I I say that Kurt didn't do all the shit that they said he did. It was them. Because again, they can't do no wrong. It's always somebody else that does something wrong. And I'm sure I'm the villain to their story and that's fine. Fuck them. I don't give a shit. I really don't. I'm glad to be rid of them. Because they're never going to accomplish anything because all they do is use the shit out of people. They used me to create a script. They spread it like wildfire so that they could try and get interest in it so that they could build themselves up and go to the next level. Whether they were going to take 
take me with them or not, I don't know. But again, I copyrighted my shit just in case. Kurt came along. They used Kurt to get to the next level because, again, Kevin is all about Kevin. Now, here's where Mike pissed me off. And this is a personal story. And I really don't like getting personal with a lot of things. My sister was murdered when I was young. Yeah, I know. What the fuck kind of part of a podcast, right? My sister was murdered when I was young. Her killer was coming up for execution. Mike reached out to me to pretend like he gave a damn, all while planning to not pay me for my website work, to not pay me for the domain names, and to cut me out of the podcast. Because of whatever Jim Harper told them, is my belief. I don't know, because again, the fuckers won't talk to me. But I'm going to bash the shit out of whatever they put out until my dying days. Because again, anything that they put out that I helped them create, I'm going after. Because I copyrighted the imaging for the intros that I did and the outros that I did. The Real Raw Always Savage is copyrighted. It's not trademarked, it's copyrighted. And again, under my name, because I can't came up with it. And I'm not a fame whore like Kevin is. I just don't want them biting my shit, as we say back from the era that I'm from. Stop biting my shit. Do your own thing. Do your own savage talks. Don't do the savage talks that I was going to be part of. And if they do that, great. I wish them nothing but the best. If I see them on fire, I'm not crossing the street to piss on them. (laughs) I wish them nothing but the best. I really do. Don't give two shits. But they're not going to sit around and act like they didn't do nothing to me. That is crossing the line. I know y'all are going say I sound crazy, that's fine, you can call me whatever you want. Pretending to give a damn about my sister's case, my family, the things that were going on during that time, that was just fucking wrong. It rubbed me the wrong fucking way. Especially when I found out that they were planning to screw me over by not even really working with me. And here's the problem with that. I was driving to their studio with the check for $250,000 when I found that information out. Yeah. They were going to be able to get that movie made. And again, Kevin was going to leech himself to it because that's what Kevin does. He would have leached himself to it to get him to the next thing that he's going to do. Again, anybody that knows him will tell you he's going to do what he has to do for him. And I feel sorry for Mike because Mike has got a Napoleon complex and he doesn't see he's getting fucked. If Kevin finds somebody that is going to give him money to do something, Mike is out of the picture. And what's worse, the one of the guys that they're using on their new podcast, who's older than all of them, he's a old school radio guy. And if he does something against his radio contract, he's going to lose his career and his pension and everything. And they don't give a shit. That's the problem. They don't give a shit. And that's what I don't like. I don't like people taking advantage and using people. It's just not me. I've never done that again. I will happily say I was using Kevin as a connection for my 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 scripts. That wasn't using him though. He was going to get something out of it. I was going to get something out of it. That's business. When you're using somebody to propel yourself and they don't come up with you, that's not business. That's just shitty. And that's what they're doing. They've got this new movie that they're coming out with, and I, or TV show I should say. And, and here's another thing, right? Those of you that might know anything about movies, know that there's a term called monkey points. Kevin Wayne had no idea what that is. He's been in the industry for over 20 years. You know who told him what it was? That's right. I did. I told him what it was. And again, y'all can say what you want about me. I've said my piece. This is it. This is the last time I'm going to talk about it. Fuck them. <laughs> That's the mentality. Fuck them. Don't give a shit. But I am going to keep speaking out about it. Because again, pretending to give a shit about something that was so close to me, that was so emotional for me, all while you were planning to screw me over, that's pretty fucking shitty. And again, I wouldn't have given a shit if y'all had just, if they'd have just been honest with me and told me, hey man, we really can't afford it. We're not going to. You need to stop. I'd have respected that. But they didn't. 
So now it's kind of become my life's mission to make sure people know what they did and how shitty they were. That's why I did this podcast. I don't know if it'll be published. I don't know if it won't be published. But I did this podcast to talk about it. So there you go. Hopefully the next one won't be this this fucking juvenile because I know people are going to be like well just let it go I can't let it go and the reason I can't let it go is because I refuse to let the world think that people are good people when they're not I'm not going to sit by and do that I'm not going to let people think that these are good people because they're not and they tried to bash somebody that I consider to be a good person that I've seen the good acts from they bashed a few people that I've seen the good acts from and again they tend to have a lot of shit happen People tend to fall out from them or have a falling out from them, and it's never their fault. I will happily admit when I pissed somebody off, I'll tell you right now, the general manager that I had from APH Radio, he probably fucking can't stand me. And that's fine. I did that. I caused him to feel that way for things that I was saying. I'm not apologizing for what I said because I stand by every word I've ever said in my entire life. I won't apologize. But I had a falling out with him. I was the one that caused the falling out because me and him were friends, good friends. And I caused the falling out by acting and juvenile. I'm a man because I can admit that. Those two, Kevin and Mike, they'll never admit it. They're probably sitting there, if they listen to this, they're probably sitting there going, oh, he's such full of shit, man. We never did this. Whatever, dude. I don't care. I really don't. This is me saying my part of the story. You wanted $250,000 for a, a studio that you wanted to build. Then all of a sudden you claim you've got this great movie that you're trying to do and you want $250,000 for that. That's too much of a coincidence that the number is exactly the same. And then it wasn't even $250,000. All you really needed was sixty. Kind of sounds like a down payment if you ask me. And again, I had the fucking money. I had it. I used it for my own projects. So there's that. Which again, we'll talk about that at another date. <laughs> but yeah, the, the show is coming back. Again, not sure if this episode will actually ever air or if it'll just be up for a couple of days or whatever. That's my side of the story. Kevin Wayne, Mike Denard are asshats. They really are. And I, you know, it sucks because there were a lot of people that I considered to be friends that I met through them that I don't want any communication with because they still see them as good guys. I'm sorry, if you pretend to give a shit about somebody's murdered sister and that case, all while refusing to pay them after you said you would. And again, the money is not the issue. I could give two shits about the money. I really don't give a damn. It's the character behind it. It's not even really the principle. It's your character. If you say you're going to do something, then damn it, do it. You don't pretend to give a shit, though. You don't go behind people's back and register other domain names when you've asked me to register domain names. That's just shitty. Am I wrong? Let me know. Leave a comment below this and let me know if I'm if I'm wrong. I digress. He who has ears, let him hear. Y'all, I hope you follow me everywhere. I am at Nick B Talks on just about everything. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. My Twitter sometimes goes a little crazy and I rail on Mike and Kevin. And again, I probably will for quite some time until I really get it out of my system. Get it off my chest. Hug your loved ones each and every day because you never know when the good Lord will call them home. For every dark night, there's always a brighter day. And life's just a party and parties weren't meant to last. I will see you when I see you and I will do the next podcast just as soon as I can. Y'all take care of yourself. Again, hug your loved ones each and every day because you never know when the good Lord will call them home. And I'll see you when I see you. Peace. The proceeding was produced by Look Butterflies Entertainment. All rights reserved. Unauthorized reproduction or rebroadcast in whole or in part without the express written consent of Look Butterflies Entertainment is strictly prohibited. Check our website for shows, ways to listen, and all of our social media links. To learn more, visit www.nickbnation.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Look Butterfly.